required speed. Engines at maximum thrust. And lift off. This is beyond the headlines. And this week, we're looking at why Lebanon has erupted in protest. The UAE's space mission. We're looking at the future of Sudan. We are explaining what coronavirus is. Who's burning down the Amazon? Where are Iraq's protests heading? We take you to northern Iraq, where we investigate the state of the world's most feared terrorist organization. They're huge, they're spontaneous, and they're practically everywhere. But the unity amongst the people against the government has brought a sense of optimism with it. The angst and divide of the past seems to have been removed. The Lebanese national anthem has the words, all of us, repeated many times. Nearly eight months after protesters first took to the streets to demand the end of Omar Bashir's rule, Sudan has taken a major step towards a democratic future. But as the situation has escalated, Beijing has become more vocal. Police are just getting more and more ridiculous. Like, they disguised as one of the protesters and they hit people, like, so violently. It's just a misuse of their power. We flew to Erbil, a sprawling city of nearly a million people. It's the regional capital and has been a hub for millennia. Its ancient bazaar still bustles with energy. But just an hour's drive from the city, the threat of ISIS is very real. And these people have made arduous journeys to get to these camps. And the Syrian Kurds have made it increasingly difficult for them to cross because they want to keep the Syrian Kurds there to prevent the Turks repopulating these areas. With all the dire headlines around climate change, it's easy to get disillusioned and anxious. There's one of the most powerful adults in the world telling us that you know, the children were the only hope for the future, that we were the ones who had to solve this problem. And so she said, how dare yeah, you? How dare you put this burden on us? Countries are starting to try and take action to cut carbon emissions, currently billions of tons a year. The problem is, our methods now just won't cut it. Uh, we are on a collision course, and we see that all over the world, and simply because our lifestyle is not sustainable. All these sectors which make, make up life, urban life, have to change, and have to change really quickly. More than 200 climbers have died in Everest's death zone. I saw two people collapse in front of me on that day. So people were falling apart in, during this moment. Climbing wasn't that scary. Going up wasn't that scary. The scary part was actually the crowd. More than 2,000 hectares of farmland, an area roughly the size of 1,200 football fields, was devoured. Farmers said that within days, there was little left to harvest. They will eat the nearest source of high-quality protein, and if that happens to be your um, colleague locust in front of you, then you'll eat them. So cannibalism, driven by a specific appetite for protein, drives mass migration in these collective swarms. Currently, there are no vaccines to prevent infection. Every new pathogen will create a, a fear, uh, will create a, a, a concern. We need really to say to people what exactly we, we know, but also, also what we don't know. But in the media frenzy, wild claims were thrown around. No, the entire Amazon forest is not on fire. But that doesn't mean that the situation is not alarming. The Amazon forest is very important for climate instability in South America, so it keeps the climate cooler. I've been your host, James Haynes-Young. Jermaine Jalabdar. Jack Moore. Taylor Heyman. Willie Lowry. I have been your host, Sohail Akram. Thanks for listening.